0: Reach Israel News February 2024 Overcoming Our Insecurities At the beginning of January, my parents Mark and Margaret Huey and myself attended the 2024 IAMCS Rabbis Conference in Orlando, Florida the stated theme of the conference was they overcame based on revelation 12:11 they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives even in the face of death tree of life version the conviction of the conference leaders at least was that 2024 is going to be a year of significant drama and change. And so each and every one of us needs to be aware of how we will not be able to persevere and endure through what is coming without a testimony of the Messiah's work within us. Thankfully, there were a number of main presentations and 10-minute talks which either directly or indirectly did help to focus the attention of attendees on things to come and our necessary reliance upon the Lord. But, the significant majority of short presentations did not have any indirect association with the theme of overcoming. As I looked across the ballroom, when I heard the few presentations which spoke about the challenges of our present time, I visibly witnessed a number of Messianic Jewish leaders get very uncomfortable squirming and twitching, often with grimaced or negative faces. A great deal of our ministry work, as outreach Israel and Messianic apologetics, is spent helping people who have been hurt by much of the negative impact of the independent Hebrew or Hebraic Roots movement. We have been able to successfully aid many people transition from the far right to the near center in various matters of Torah legalism, and especially in dealing with Christian family and friends. The Messianic Jewish community does possess a stability, which the Hebrew Roots movement does not there are no questions when you attend most Messianic Jewish congregations as to whether or not Yeshua the Messiah is God, what the canon of holy scripture is, what terms to use when speaking about God, what religious calendar is followed, and how many traditions should be employed. Messianic Judaism, on the whole, sits somewhere within the halakha of much of conservative and reform Judaism, and within the theology of a sufficient amount of evangelical Protestantism. And most thankfully, the salvation of Yeshua the Messiah is considered to be the most important thing for many Messianic Jewish people. This is not to say that various sectors of Messianic Judaism, to be sure, do not have issues which they are still wrestling with. Each and every one of us, whether we are Jewish or non-Jewish, does have some fear or phobia we struggle with, and which we are often able to hide. This year, however, especially in light of the Israel-Hamas conflict, which started on October the 7th, 2023, the fears and insecurities of many Messianic Jewish people are more easily discerned. The significant rise of anti-Semitism across the world, understandably, has many Jewish people and Messianic Jews on a knife's edge. Many non-Jewish believers in the Messianic movement are only capable of sympathizing with their Jewish brothers and sisters but cannot fully understand what they might be going through. We all rightly recognize this as major road signs of the impending end times. This is a time which we should be using to diagnose our various insecurities as a faith community, so we can be better equipped as an emerging messianic force for God's truth and salvation in the near future. A common fear of today's Messianic Jews One of the biggest concerns witnessed throughout Jewish history and something which has doubtlessly passed into the Messianic movement's experience is the belief that the Jewish people are only one generation away from extinction. In much of biblical and post-biblical history, the main avenue by which Jewish people are seen to give up their heritage has been through assimilation. In the scriptures, warnings are affluently given to ancient Israel not to adapt the pagan ways of the Canaanites. In the Second Temple period, the Jewish community had to avidly fight against Greco-Roman polytheism and the attempt to abandon a Torah lifestyle. Fast-forwarding to more modern times, it has been held throughout a great deal of traditional Christianity that Jewish people who embrace faith in Jesus actually cease being Jewish. And one of the biggest accelerators of abandonment of one's Jewish heritage has doubtlessly been intermarriage because of the deep concern That one's half Jewish or quarter Jewish children or grandchildren will assimilate into wider non Jewish culture and society. The Messianic Jewish Movement was originally set up as a place for matters of Jewish outreach and evangelism, and in providing Jewish believers in Yeshua a place to continue in fidelity to their heritage and traditions. Messianic Jewish congregations were to be a place where the dangers of assimilation could be stopped, and Jewish believers in the Jewish Messiah could still be Jewish. Many of the Messianic Jewish pioneers of the 1960s and 1970s were not only rejected by their families and the Jewish community, but often regarded as dead. They did endure a great deal of trauma and psychological catastrophe. Some, even today in the 2020s, have still not overcome a number of those difficulties. Because of the significant struggle they have had to endure in fighting for a Messianic Jewish movement where Jewish believers could still be Jewish it should be much easier for non-Jewish believers to understand the common emphasis that they must be specifically called into the Messianic movement at its present phase of development. In recent days, because of the post-October 7 rise of anti-Semitism, there are many Messianic Jewish people who have understandably wanted to protect themselves and their Jewishness. Thoughts of the past, especially from the Second World War, have been readily invoked. Many I have encountered are operating from the premise that the entire world is about to turn against the Jewish people. Yet, there have been strong showings of solidarity on the part of millions of evangelical Christians and even non-believers all across the world For Israel. But along with this, millions of other evangelical Christians have been relatively silent. Regardless of what specifically is going to happen, we should each be able to recognize how this is a time to transition into overcomers and identify areas of insecurity which need proper resolution. Are you part of a unique move of God or not? One of the significant traits of today's Messianic movement has been recognizing our faith community as composing the end-time move of God. But what is this supposed to mean, exactly? What it should never mean is completely pausing one's life, such as abstaining from work, 2 Thessalonians 3.10, or marriage, 1 Corinthians seven twenty six, entirely because of the idea that the last days and final battle are somehow at hand. People who believe themselves to be part of a religious movement, which is going to culminate in the return of the Messiah himself to planet Earth, should go about their lives as normal as possible. Yet those same people should also be willing to orient their value system, activities, and life goals to contribute to the Romans chapters 9-11 through 11 salvation historical trajectory of All Israel Will Be Saved. Having been part of the Messianic movement for almost three decades and having had some unique experiences, I do not know the extent to which many of today's Messianic people, Jewish or non-Jewish, have actually altered their lives to being a part of the end-time move of God. Some of the things which other teachers and leaders simply assume they are going to have in life have widely been withheld from me, in spite of various actions taken by me or my family. My life my ministry work and my perspective on many matters, mainly as a teacher and researcher, has led me to conclude that Outreach Israel Ministries and Messianic Apologetics are definitely here to help us through some difficult growing pains in the decade to come, 2024 to the 2030s. Insecurities. Insecurities. More than any other, the biggest area where today's broad Messianic movement demonstrates a great deal of insecurity involves matters of the modern world. Consistently, throughout my family's experience, either attending a Messianic congregation or serving in ministry, a significant majority of our faith community goes out of its way to neither discuss nor reason through issues of modernity and post-modernity. We do understand how many Jewish believers have gone through various traumas and rejections in coming to Messiah faith. We also understand how many non-Jewish believers, in being led into a messianic approach and Torah foundation, have also experienced high levels of ridicule and dismissal by others. Yet, when we look at the messianic mission of Jewish outreach and evangelism and Israel solidarity, and couple that with how our movement is presumably going to herald the return of Israel's Messiah to the earth, we have to almost radically, now in 2024, see our major insecurities in this area removed. It is hard for me to believe, but it was 19 years ago, in 2005, that I had started classes at Asbury Theological Seminary in Orlando, Florida. Among some of the first classes, my fellow students and I were introduced to extreme minimalism. The idea that most of what took place in the Bible, up to the so-called Jewish return from the exile to Babylon, was actually contrived fiction. While Asbury, on the whole, is still a conservative institution, nobody gets a theological education without being exposed to critical and liberal approaches to the Bible. My thought, then, is the same as my thought now. Far too many of today's Messianic leaders and teachers would drop out. Many congregational leaders and rabbis I have gotten to know over the years since would not permit themselves to be exposed to critical and liberal points of view, simply as a matter of information, knowing that these ideologies will be encountered in the wider world of ideas. Whether we like it or not, ideas involving the reliability or untrustworthiness of the Bible circulate in many Christian and Jewish arenas. Certainly, if any of us were to venture outside of our local Messianic Assembly and visit a local church or synagogue, we would encounter many people who look at Genesis chapters 1-11 through as ancient Near Eastern mythology repackaged into the Bible and who would affirm that God probably directed some form of Evolution to bring forth the human species. And now, many diverse approaches are being witnessed to the topic of sexuality and gender among those who turn to the scriptures for some kind of direction. Unfortunately, mentioning that these matters are out there in various messianic venues might get you silenced. Today's messianic community finds itself at the intersection of much of what takes place in contemporary Judaism and Protestantism. But far too many leaders and teachers, perhaps because of various past traumas and rejections, think that they do not have to deal with actual contemporary matters taking place on the ground right now. And the result is that our faith community is only really attracting fundamentalist Christians who want some kind of an emphasis on the Old Testament. This is not going to work well for us in the long term at all. So how does the Lord need to deliver our faith community from modernophobia? Insecurities, ethnophobia a major issue which certainly most non-Jewish people who get exposed to the Messianic movement encounter involves Jewish and non-Jewish equality and the demonstration of some degree of ethnophobia on the part of various Messianic Jewish people. That the people of Israel had a divine vocation to be a light to the nations of the world, Isaiah 42, 6, 49.6, 49.6, is undeniable. That, given the great tragedies the Jewish people have experienced throughout history at the hands of the nations or Gentiles, the Jewish community is often deeply concerned about its self-preservation and integrity. Is entirely understandable. It is also to be rightly recognized how not all of the major issues of the maturation and and development of the Messianic movement are going to be solved in a single generation. Yet, many non-Jewish believers, including my own family, can testify to how they have experienced some level of discrimination at some point by someone in a position of leadership and teaching within Messianic Judaism. That there is significant room for improvement is an understatement. Judaism is mainly an ethno-religion, focused on the preservation of an ethnic group associated with religious beliefs, traditions, and customs. It has been entirely wrong, and indeed reprehensible, for institutional Christianity throughout history to demand that Jewish people who confess faith in Yeshua or Jesus as the Messiah stop being Jewish start being Christian and must dismiss all traces and signs of their Jewish heritage. The Messianic Jewish movement has been right to establish congregations and synagogues where Jewish believers in Yeshua can maintain their Jewish heritage and remain connected to the Jewish community. That Jewish identity is something worthy and important to be preserved is something which no fair-minded non-Jewish believer in Israel's Messiah should deny or think is insignificant. Yet, if the formal Messianic Jewish movement were to operate exclusively on the value system of an ethno-religion, then serious questions are raised regarding whether it can be legitimately billed as the end-time move of God, designed to herald the return of Yeshua to the earth. Such an end-time move of God may involve being outnumbered 10 to 1 in some cases, per the expectation of Zechariah 10.23. Ten men from every language of the nations will grasp the corner of the garment of a Jew. Tree of Life version. Some modifications somewhere, will have to be made. Significant questions and controversies are present in Diaspora Messianic Judaism, mainly in North America, because it has become majority non-Jewish. Many Messianic Jewish believers in Messianic congregations recognize how in the last days, the nations will come streaming to Zion to be instructed from Moses' teaching. Micah 4:1-3, Isaiah 2:2-4. They do not consider their Jewish identity infringed upon when non-Jewish believers, who are sincerely and genuinely called by the Lord, partake of Torah practices such as the seventh-day Sabbath, Shabbat, the appointed times, Moedim, or a kosher style of diet, and serve alongside them as co-laborers in the Messianic mission of Jewish outreach, evangelism, and Israel solidarity. But this is hardly everyone. There are Messianic Jewish people out there who do consider their Jewish identity infringed upon when non-Jewish believers, even being led by the Holy Spirit as a part of the New Covenant, Jeremiah 31, 31 31-34... Ezekiel thirty six twenty five to twenty seven, Hebrews eight, eight through twelve, also Romans eight four take on these kinds of Torah practices as a part of their growth and sanctification. To some Messianic Jewish people, non Jewish believers from the nations, remembering the Sabbath as future salvation history unfolds Isaiah sixty six twenty three is actually a severe threat to the survival of the Jewish people. Sadly, such Messianic Jewish people, although not all, are that insecure. While they want to be the end-time move of God, when actual prophecies of the last days begin to manifest, even with the caveat that non-Jewish believers have to be specially called to it, they balk and, protest. and to be honest, among the many examples to be considered, if non-Jewish people keeping the Seventh-day Sabbath is tantamount to canceling out a Messianic Jewish believer's or a Jewish person's distinctiveness, then the 21 to 22 million Seventh-day Adventists, outnumbering the total worldwide Jewish population of 17 to 18 million, constitute a mortal threat to world Jewry. This is, sadly, how insecure a number of Messianic Jewish people are. The biggest threat to the generational survival of the Jewish people is the one matter which has plagued ancient Israel and the Jewish people throughout history. Intermarriage. While non-Israelites and non-Jews have always been a part of the ancestral line of biblical greats, intermarriage brings with it the great threat of whether or not children or grandchildren will continue to be a part of the people of Israel. The threat of intermarriage on succeeding generations is greatly present within the liberal progressive Jewish community today. And it is also tangibly present throughout a great deal of the Messianic Jewish community as well. It cannot be denied how some of today's well-known and outspoken Messianic Jewish leaders are not fully Jewish. Many of them have a non-Jewish parent or grandparent, who ironically was instrumental to being involved in bringing their family line to Messiah faith. Sometimes, these non-Jewish forebearers and their contributions are not acknowledged to the extent they should be. At the same time, there are Messianic people who strongly encourage intermarriage, so a couple can somehow jointly represent the virtues of being one new man, Ephesians 2.15. And then, There are Messianic Jewish leaders who, while wanting to have an inclusive congregation or assembly where Jewish and non-Jewish believers can be one in the Lord, would at least indirectly discourage intermarriage as it can add to the already unacceptably high complications of marriage and divorce rate in the 21st century many of the half or quarter Jewish children of intermarriage do end up assimilating into mainstream Christianity and dismissing their Jewishness. If Messianic Jewish believers in the diaspora are greatly concerned about their ethnic survival, then they need to either consider making Aliyah to the land of Israel or in finding appropriate spouses for their young men and women From the land of Israel. There is no easy answer to some of the insecurities resultant from ethnophobia in the Messianic movement. The main contributing reason, as I have even witnessed from the mouth of various Messianic Jews, is that they often cannot take the risk of fully trusting a non Jewish person, especially in light of the circumstances surrounding nazism and the holocaust to this a number of non-jewish people who get involved in things messianic often do not survive because they see various negative jewish stereotypes as reprehensible as they may be reinforced in their limited minds in some of the behavior of a few messianic jewish people who may not treat them with a great deal of respect That this is a mess, which only the adversary could have put together, is beyond question. But these are matters we have to work through. So how does the Lord need to deliver our faith community from ethnophobia? Insecurities, femophobia. It is not difficult to recognize. When attending many Messianic congregations... And larger conference events, that the wide-scale position one encounters regarding women and women in ministry is in vast need of improvement. This also extends to the types of marriages one will frequently witness, and whether or not a husband and wife are co-equal partners and co-equal leaders of the family, and mutual submission. Ephesians five twenty one 21 following, or operate in some kind of hierarchical model where the husband leads and the wife follows. While there are various exceptions, and there are people who indeed recognize how reforms are surely needed, on the whole, today's Messianic movement does demonstrate a significant degree of femophobia. In our family's experience over many years, today's Messianic movement shirks at a great deal of wanting to consider discussions and propositions made in much of evangelicalism concerning male and female equality. When the presence of female leaders in the apostolic writings is mentioned, such as Euodia and Syndicae, Philippians 4.2, the deacon Phoebe, Romans 16.1, or the female apostle Junia, Romans 16.7, there tends to be a wide deafness. Many are, for whatever reason, incapable of thinking of the restrictive instruction of 1 Timothy chapter 2 as being anything other than universal for all times and places, rather than it being situation-specific to Timothy having to sort out the fallout from a false teaching which impacted Ephesus. We are very thankful, at least, that today's Messianic Judaism recognizes how polygamy, a man having multiple wives, was not God's original intention. Genesis 2, 23 and 24. Yet, for some reason or another, and perhaps what you have encountered is different from what our family has seen. Far too much of today's Messianic community has an unbalanced approach to relating to God when the place of women is factored in. There can be, for example, a huge emphasis on the body of Messiah being some sort of bride, in spite of Paul's analogy, having described it as a bit of foolishness. 2 Corinthians 11, 1, and 2 following. We do not hear enough discussion on the redeemed as sons and daughters, children of God, as servants of the king, as laborers in the field of God, as soldiers fighting in a spiritual war. While everyone's experience is different, when we look at a majority of Messianic congregations and synagogues, it is easily discerned how they tend to be led almost entirely by men. And when we see that the main people being attracted to Messianic congregations at present are fundamentalist Christians, we should hardly be surprised. A majority of today's evangelical Protestants, and certainly members of the Jewish community, would expect both males and females to serve together, and be involved in decision-making. Much of the unwillingness to consider evangelical positions much more favorable to women serving in formal leadership capacities in ministry, very much based in reasonable exegesis of the Holy Scriptures, often comes in the form of thinking that opening up positions of leadership to women will then be a slippery slope leading to LGBTQ plus persons in leadership. But this is no more inevitable than how a Torah-observant lifestyle will lead to gross legalism, or how a person reading ancient Jewish literature will eventually deny Yeshua as Messiah. So how does the Lord need to deliver our faith community from femophobia? Overcoming our insecurities. Even though I have just talked through a number of the significant insecurities I believe today's messianic movement has and needs to definitely work through in the days ahead to improve its effectiveness, each and every one of us has our own insecurities to deal with. We live in an increasingly complicated world with sin and godlessness. On the exponential rise. We see apostasy all around us. We see many things getting hopelessly out of control. Every day we go before the Lord in prayer and often ask Him to just get us through this. I have been outmaneuvering and outflanking different opinions and points of view. I disagree with my entire ministry career. There are some things about the development of the Messianic movement, which I have witnessed over the past decade, I am not happy about. And I am sure that many of you may share these feelings. We find ourselves in the midst of a spiritual war, and with our God in heaven continually trying to get our attention, so that we might be ready to take on new challenges. And it doubtlessly takes faith and the ability to recognize how we mortals cannot see everything. Hebrews 11.1 I was recently challenged in a morning prayer time regarding how each one of us can better see our insecurities overcome. The most interesting verse came to mind as Yeshua said, For I say to you, from now on, you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord psalm 118:26 matthew 23:39 new american standard far too frequently in one's messianic experience the first words which can be invoked when meeting someone might be are you jewish are you messianic are you torah observant are you some human label. Far too infrequently, the goodness and blessing of Israel's God from one person to another is not invoked. Those who are able to extend God's blessings, shalom, and welcome to another, are those who have largely overcome their insecurities. How do each of us need to be better committed to his grace? in our lives.